How's it going? I'm Coco. And this is Mike. And this is Rock and Vino, the podcast where we talk about wine, music, and food and how they all go so well together. Find past episodes and revisit episodes uh, <laughs> online, wherever you find podcasts, wherever you enjoy your podcast, you can probably find Rock and Vino. Uh, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, the Google Play Store, Apple Podcasts, all the fun places. Uh, at Rock and Vino on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you can like you can like us there. Uh, find some extra fun content there, and subscribe on uh, on your channel of choice. And uh, yeah, new episodes every Tuesday. And if you like it, rate it, and uh, more people will find it. That's right, and it would be much appreciated. Exactly, something different this week. Yeah, so we're kind of throwing it back. We are going to be revisiting a previous episode. Yes, Happy Labor Day, everyone. <laughs> now we explained it a little bit last week, but uh, for those who did not hear it, what in wine terms, what is a revisit? So essentially, a revisit is if you're out tasting wine and there's a particular wine that you enjoyed, uh, but maybe it was kind of earlier on in your tasting, you ask um, whoever is serving you if you could revisit that wine and uh, retaste the the goodness. So we went back in our large flight of past episodes uh, to find out uh, which one would make sense. And uh, we found one that uh, from very, very early on, the early days of Rock and Vino. But Mm -hmm. uh, it has relevance because uh, the Huaychica Music Festival is, uh, we talked about it originally uh, in Sonoma with Gulak Bunchu, Jeff Bunchu. uh, But it has since expanded up to Walla Walla, Washington. Yeah, so Jeff and Trey are good friends, and so they had been talking about this for a while, and finally this year they're making it happen, where they're bringing White Chica to Walla Walla. Right, so uh, Trey Bush from Sleight of Hand Wines joined us way back in the day here on Rock and Vino, and uh, a great musical connection between music and wine with uh, the Pearl Jam wine. That, oh my uh, gosh, yeah. absolutely. So we'll you'll hear all about that in this episode, but... Um, to kind of cover the Waichika Festival, the Walla Walla one, um, that is happening September 13th and 14th in Walla Walla. Tickets are on sale for um, $75 for Friday only, $100 for Saturday only. And uh, it's featuring some really great bands, uh, Yola Tango, Destroyer, Purple Mountains, a whole bunch of fun bands. So, um, so definitely get a chance to check it out if you can and uh, tune in. And now... For a revisit. We are going to be speaking with Trey Bush of Sleight of Hand Cellars based out of Seattle, Washington. And they're actually our first non-Sonoma County guest on the show. So welcome, Trey. (laughs) Hey, thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, thank you. So, um, love, so, the op- love the opening track. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those that don't know, that was um, Sleight of Hand from Pearl Jam. <laughs> so... Um, so tell us a little bit about Sleight of Hand Cellars and kind of what you guys are all about. I mean, I found you guys on Instagram and just was immediately like, oh my gosh, who are these guys? What are they doing? I need to go to Seattle and check them out because um, <laughs> you guys have a ton of records in your uh, tasting rooms. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so my main tasting room and winery is actually located in Walla Walla, which mm-hmm. is southeast Washington State. And uh, a beautiful little part of the world down here. Um, and uh, we opened uh, back in 2007. And then we opened a secondary location in Seattle where we obviously have a lot of wine club customers uh, live on that side of the state. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the population lives on that side of the state. 
<laughs> so we opened up a secondary location in an area called Soto, which is just south of downtown. And um, yeah, we, we've got a we've got about almost three thousand albums now in our wow. Walla Walla location, and um, oh, maybe five hundred albums in our Seattle location. So, um, but yeah, no, we love uh, we love to play vinyl, and um, I think customers. Uh, I, I, Ten years ago, they found it as a novelty. I think there's, you know, vinyls proliferated so much that, that it's no longer a novelty, and people recognize it for what it is. Absolutely. Uh, but but people, but yeah, but people still, you know, definitely get a kick out of uh, seeing all the albums, getting to pick out an album when they come in and taste some wine with us. Yeah, it looks amazing. Do are there any favorite albums? I guess that likes that patrons tend to pull. Oh man, you know it's honestly it's across the board because our customer base is is so varied. You know, I've got that twenty-two year old kids coming in, you know, mm-hmm. kind of out and about, just sort of learning learning the ropes about wine, and and you know they're looking for you know TV on the radio or the Strokes or you know new stuff. And then you've got you know your more um, uh, advanced wine tasters if, if you will however I want to put that but <laughs> folks who've been drinking wine for a while that you know want to listen to the Beatles and the Stones so we've we've got all that stuff so we really have somebody come in and say do you have this don't have thing by that artist mm-hmm. so um, yeah so it really depends on depends on the customer for sure very cool now in terms of your story now t- two weeks ago we talked to winemaker Dave Reddy of Murphy Good and the Grateful Dead brought him out to San Francisco, which got him into yeah. winemaking. Now, for you, Pearl Jam brings you out to the Pacific Northwest. It is, does, where does your winemaking story begin in 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 the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, I mean, my, my 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 Northwest journey actually started right out of high school when I joined the Navy and I was stationed in Seattle. And when I um, when I got out of the service in 1990, I went back to the University of Georgia, back home in Atlanta, and uh, Pearl Jam came through Athens, Georgia in the spring of 92. And I was already a big fan of the whole Seattle scene by that time. You know, you had Nirvana and Soundgarden and Alice in Chains, and, and Pearl Jam were, you know, owning the, the airwaves, I guess, at the time. And I saw that show, and it affected me so much that I quit school and two weeks later I packed up my car and moved to Seattle. Wow. Wow. And, That's awesome. Uh, I've been up in the Pacific Northwest ever since. So it wasn't my, my introduction to winemaking came about um, through my, um, my good friend Jamie Brown, who um, he and I met through music. Everything's going to have to go to music, of course. And <laughs> we really did meet through music. He was the guy who got me into vinyl. He owned a record store in Seattle. And I used to buy uh, all of my Pearl Jam bootleg CDs uh, from Jamie. He and I became very close, and he actually moved to Walla Walla back in the late 90s. And I started visiting Jamie, and through, uh, through, meeting, through knowing Jamie, Jamie introduced me to a winemaker named Eric Dunham. And Eric and I, uh, over the course of several years, um, became very good friends. And uh, that friendship turned into a job opportunity. At the time, I was working for Nordstrom. I was a buyer for Nordstrom in Seattle. And um, I was having dinner in Walla Walla with Jamie and Eric and a few other people. 
And uh, Eric basically offered me a job. He said, you know, would you ever live here? And I told him I'd move to Walla Walla in a heartbeat if I had a job because it was such a great little town. And uh, at the time, I had a one-year-old daughter who's now 20 and at the University of Georgia, or University of Washington. Wow. Uh, but back then, I was, you know, how can I slow things down? I'm, you know, bring this brand-new baby and, and this cute little idyllic town in eastern Washington where everything seems perfect and, you know, the pace of life is much slower than living in Seattle and the cost of living is much lower and all of the, all these great things. And um, so... I did it. I, I quit my job at Nordstrom, and this was back in 2000, and um, went to go work for Eric and learn how to make wine under his tutelage and left, uh, left Dunham to start a new project called Basil Cellars uh, and did that for five years. And then in 2007, um, my business partner and friend Jerry Solomon and I started Sleight of Hand. Awesome. And so you guys got the name Slide of Hand from your favorite Pearl Jam song, is that right? That's right, yeah. Awesome. So um, at the time when we were coming up with the concept of our winery and what are we going to make and what's the name of the winery going to be and the labels and all that stuff, um, I had a few ideas in mind um, that I kind of approached uh, Jerry with. And he wasn't a huge fan of what I was presenting. And so he came back to me, unbeknownst to me, of course, until he showed it to me, but he, he handed me this list. He's like, you know, this is my list of names for, for the winery. And they were all Pearl Jam songs. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this guy really must like me. <laughs> He's like going out of his way to, to uh, you know, not so much appease me, but anyway, um, I thought Sleight of Hand was a, just a super super crappy name and something that, you know, definitely stood out. We, we knew what we didn't want when we were going to brand the winery. We, were, we did not want your traditional, you know, picture of a chateau and, <laughs> you know, the uh, cursive script and, and basically something that would just meld into the shelf. We definitely wanted something that was going to jump off the shelf. And, um, and so with sleight of hand, uh, the theme uh, sort of became this uh, vintage magic poster theme um, mm-hmm. with the name sleight of hand. It wasn't really music related. It was more magic related. And, um, and off we went. That was 11 years ago. Nice. Yeah, I love your labels. Your labels are super fun. And I, I saw that you guys have uh, Neil Patrick Harris on the label of The Conjurer. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> How did that right. come about? So Neil, yeah, that's kind of a funny story. One of the first restaurant placements that we got outside of the state of Washington was in Hollywood at a place called the Magic Castle. Mm. And the Magic Castle is a super famous um, uh, magic house. It uh, was a building that was built back in the early 1900s. It's a private club. Um, you have to be invited by a member just to get in. Wow. Um, and in, anyone in, in anyone in the magic world uh, has, you know, the, their dream is to perform at the castle, of course. And so we actually uh, were the glass pour at the castle for a long, long time and probably still have our wines on the list there. Nice. And Neil, at the time, was on the board of directors of the castle. And he's a huge fan of magic. And if you've ever watched How I Met Your Mother, you'll actually catch uh, some episodes um, where um, you'll see him doing, like, bar magic. And that's really Neil doing that stuff. Like, he really loves magic. So um, he joined a wine club online. And we got a notification, an email notification. And um, we thought, gosh, Neil Harris, Hollywood. It's got to be Neil Patrick <laughs> Harris, right? 
So we actually reached back out, just shot him a, an email back and said, hey, thanks so much for joining the wine club. How would you find out about us? And um, not really referring to him as, you know, this Neil Patrick Harris. He said, oh, I'm actually on the board of directors of the Magic Castle. And then it, of course, clicked to like, well, this is definitely Neil. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we just had a very friendly relationship with him for um, a few years. And we had this new um, skew, which was the Conjurer. We introduced with a 2011 vintage, mm. and we needed a face for the label. And uh, Jerry, my business partner, said, let's just ask Neil if he wants to be the face. So shot him an email and uh, a couple, few emails and phone calls from Jerry. And next thing you know, Neil's face is on our, our wine bottle. So That's awesome. Um, it's been a, definitely been a, a big hit for sure. So one of our more pop. First of all, the wine's delicious, so that's good. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's definitely definitely fun to have folks notice notice him on the bottle, and they get, they definitely get a kick out of that. That's so rad. Very cool. Um, and yeah. so you guys um, have with your wine club, the Wine Illusionist Society. You guys also have some sort of a um, of a partnership or a collaboration with Sub Pop Records. Is that correct? We do. It's a loose affiliation with Sub Pop. Uh, Megan Jasper, who is the CEO of Sub Pop, is a friend of mine. And I asked her years ago if for our wine club, instead of including, um, you know, if you belong to a wine club, you, know, you usually get discounts, which are great. And, and you get your wine and you open it up and there's a letter about the wine. And a lot of times there's like a recipe. It's like, oh, our favorite chef in San Francisco came up with this recipe for our Bordeaux blend. And that's great, but we wanted something different. And so I asked Megan if she would put together a playlist of sub-pop music uh, for all of our wine club shipments, which we just do twice a year. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's a great idea. You know, uh, in the music world today, uh, labels give away so much music. The idea being that they just want to get that music in your hands and in your ears to have people listen to it if it's a single. And if they like the single, hopefully they'll go buy the album or they'll go see the band live, more importantly, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, um, you know, they're already giving away uh, music to all these different outlets. And, you know, this was just one more outlet that she thought, you know, we could, you know, we've got close to a thousand wine club members now. And so I get a thousand people to potentially, you know, show them the new Beach House album or, or you know, Beach House single or Father John Misty song or, or whatever, right? So, mm-hmm. um yeah, so it just was, a, again, another fun way for us to express our personality, do something a little different than um, you'd find from uh, your typical winery, I think. And um, that, when we opened up our Seattle location, um, she actually, I actually approached her about selling vinyl because we had such a big space over there. And so we actually sell sub-pop vinyl and sub-pop um, T-shirts and um you know, hoodies and some of the other uh, sub pop merchandise that you'd find at like the, the uh, airport store. If you've ever been to Seattle Airport, they've mm-hmm. got a great sub pop shop inside the airport. So we've got a mini version of that within our own tasting room. So that's awesome. Now, sticking yeah, on yeah. on the music the music collaboration theme. Now, we've mentioned you're a huge Pearl Jam fan, and then right. now finally, recently, you get to collaborate with the band. With the with the underground wine project, it, how did that come about for you? You had to be freaking out. I was. We were pretty stoked for sure. <laughs> um, through the 
through the years, I've gotten to know some folks that work for um, Pearl Jam Popper. And uh, one of my good friends is a guy named Tim Bierman. He runs a tin club. And tin club is Pearl Jam's um, band club. Mm-hmm. And um, for years, I've thought about, you know, how can we make a wine, you know, a Pearl Jam wine, or how can we do something for them or with them in, you know, any way, shape, or form, right? Um, and Tim called me back in January, and they were announcing the uh, home shows, and it was two Seattle shows along with uh, a Missoula show, two Chicago shows, and two Boston shows. But the home shows were going to be a fundraiser for uh, the homeless uh, issue that is happening in King County, and which is you know pretty significant. Mm-hmm. And they were going to be partnering with several businesses, and this is all the way back in January, February. They really hadn't fleshed everything out. But he said, would you be interested in doing a wine? And I'm, I'm like, absolutely I would. Um, and so Mark and I, my uh, one of my best friends, Mark McNeely, he owns Mark Ryan Winery. Um, uh, Mark and I and Jerry uh, have the Underground Wine Project together, and we sort of came up with a, you know, okay, what's this going to look like? Is it going to be 100 cases? Is it going to be 1,000 cases? Are we going to donate a portion of proceeds? And um, we came up with, uh, we had about 150 cases of Idle Hands, which is a, a red blend that we make from Red Mountain. And um, came up with a box set, and we worked with their art department, the Pearl Jam's uh, in-house design team, to come up with the labels. And so the, uh, the item that they were able to buy was a box set, uh, that came in a cut that will come in. That we haven't even shipped them out yet because of the. Uh, we put these on sale in July, and we obviously aren't shipping up here because of the weather. But um, they got one bottle each of each city. So you have a Seattle bottle, a Missoula bottle, a Chicago bottle, and a Boston bottle uh, inside this four pack. And and I've been a fan of the band for 26 years, and I've also been a a collector, and. And, I, and a lot of my friends are also pretty avid collectors. I thought, well, this, this is probably going to go pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's not inexpensive. You know, it's 150 bucks, and, and most things on Pearl Jam's website, you know, the T-shirts and, you know, uh, maybe like a limited edition backpack for 60 bucks or whatever. But, um, you know, this is not inexpensive item. And so really didn't have, you know, and there's no benchmark for whether or not it would work or not. And so... We uh, we put them on sale at well, Pearl Jam put them in their in their fan club email blast, and it was on uh, uh, the tenth Tuesday, the tenth mm-hmm. of July, and I had made sure that my IT team for my um, order for my POS system uh, at the winery that the IT guys were watching this because I figured there'd be a flood of people hitting this all oh, the yeah. time, mm-hmm. and obviously they didn't want to crash our website or crash their system and um everything went really smoothly and i happened to be when it when it went on sale i happened to be in kansas at the time so it was noon my time and i'm like walking into accounts seeing people at the same time checking my text messages from my it guys and every like 30 seconds he's like 68 you know uh, 112 (laughs) wow 312 and i was like holy crap and then in like you know right about 12, 13 minutes into it, he's like, we're sold out. I'm like, yes. That's amazing. So it was pretty awesome. So we yeah. sold 
sold 400, 450 box sets in a very short amount of time. <laughs> um, and then we, we also bottled uh, 50 cases of just the Seattle bottle mm-hmm. to have available in Seattle during the home show. So when Pearl Jam fans came to Seattle last week, they were able to go to uh, Ethan's Stowell restaurant. Uh, he has, I think, 16 or 17 restaurants in Seattle, in and around Seattle. And he was the restaurant partner for Pearl Jam. And so we put a bunch of wine in their restaurants, and so fans could go. If they didn't get the box set, they could still go to one of Ethan's restaurants and hopefully try a bottle at dinner or, you know, have a glass or, or whatever. So um, it was just a huge success. And then we were able to write a check for $70,000 back to the Vitology Foundation, which was the fundraising arm for the home shows. So wow. it was pretty gratifying. And so was that part of the overall $11 million that was raised for... Um... That's right. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. wow. Congratulations. No. That's amazing. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. They, uh, you know, Pearl Jam is, um, they're a, certainly a political band from the standpoint that they, they definitely get engaged in causes that they think are important. Um, whether it's, uh, you know, women's rights or, uh, getting out to vote or, you know, all of those things. So, um, this was definitely a big, uh, a big issue. It is a big, big issue in Seattle and, uh, you know, there's no one answer to it, but but they are definitely they're doing their part to try to make a dent and try to keep people engaged and keep the fans engaged. Um, and you know, I I spend a lot of time in Seattle. I just got back yesterday. I'm driving back again tomorrow. Um, and uh, so it's you know it's an issue that definitely needs to be addressed, and they're doing their part, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, very rad. No. Being such a big fan yourself, I, I'm I'm going to say it's safe to assume you were at the um, that, at the home shows. Yeah, I went to both home shows and uh, went to uh, the Missoula show, which was the following Monday. Um, mm-hmm. The shows were home shows were Wednesday, Friday, and then I flew out Sunday night to Missoula. Wow! Saw the Missoula show. And as, as as we're sitting here doing this podcast, I'm getting text messages from all my friends in Chicago, and they evacuated the field. Because of uh, uh, weather, which happened in 2013. Oh no! Uh, yeah, so they had this huge storm to rolling over. So, like, my buddy Matt's like, "Oh my God, we're still waiting." <laughs> so, oh hopefully gosh. they're going to get the show off tonight. Seriously? Oh my gosh! Well, we'll uh, we'll cross our fingers for them. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. Yeah, me too. I told them the same thing. So, but yeah, no, we were we were at both of the Seattle shows. Mark and I were and. They were they were pretty phenomenal. I mean, the Friday night show is probably one of the best best Pearl Jam shows I've ever seen. So nice. And how many times have, have you? Home. Yeah. And uh, how many that? times what? have you seen Pearl Jam? Uh, I'm at I'm at 83 shows now. Dang. Wow. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> true fan. <laughs> a true fan for sure. A true fan for sure. So, but you know, I know true fans have only seen him five times. So just uh, for me, it's just more a matter of. Uh, you know, having 26 years of being able to see them, that certainly helped living in their hometown when they used to, they used to play their hometown a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been five years since they played Seattle proper last. So, um, uh, but in the wine business, being in the wine business the past 17 years, I've had the opportunity to travel to go see them because you could, you can fit in a work trip and, you know, go see your distributor while you're in Boston or go see your distributor while you're in Chicago or mm-hmm. things of that nature. So um, it's it's made it a little easier to uh, get those Pearl Jam shows in for sure. 
Very cool. And so, of course, Sleight of Hand Cellars is a winery. So um, so for those people out there that maybe have not heard of you guys or know about your wines, what kind of wines do you offer and what's kind of like your wine style? Or is it primarily a vintage focused or is it a blend style? You know, we make uh, about 10 different SKUs mm-hmm. and uh, we, are, we are Bordeaux varietal focused and Rhone varietal focused. Those are, I think, the two strong, strong um, you know, varietals, uh, uh, Syrah and Grenache uh, for Rhone varietals, and then of course all the all the Bordeaux varietals for um, for our red program. Mm-hmm. We also do uh, an old vine Chardonnay, uh, small oh. production between three and five hundred cases every year from a vineyard that was planted back in 1980. Wow! Um, and um, a really beautiful style of Chardonnay, uh, mostly neutral barrel, a little bit of concrete. Uh, no, no new oak on it, and so it's got this really, really awesome minerality to kind of go with the um, you know warmer fruit flavors you get out of Washington. Um, nice. And then for our red program, uh, especially our Bordeaux varietals, we're, we're, we by no means are trying to make the biggest, highest alcohol, oakiest, hundred point um, wines out mm-hmm. there. We're trying to make elegant wines that are balanced, that are going to age for a long time, but also deliver a lot of drinking pleasure early. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to find that perfect balance of, you know, good tannin management, um, you know, great acidity. One of the things Washington is known for is um, having this, you know, really terrific fruit flavors with, with, with great acids that allow these wines to age for a long, long time as well. Um, and uh, so we're really just trying to, you know, we want to respect Washington. We want to respect the vineyards that we're working with. We don't want you to think you're drinking Bordeaux. We don't want you to think you're drinking Napa. We want you to think you're drinking Washington. Nice. Um, we've moved our program to mostly what we consider estate vineyards. Um, and when we say estate here in Washington, for us, we don't. We may not own the vineyard, but we have a 20 or 25 year land lease on the property, mm-hmm. and so we can we control all the farming. And uh, we currently have five uh, vineyards like that, plus a vineyard that we do uh, own um, for, uh, where some of our Syrah comes from. And um, uh, so that definitely helped us from a consistency standpoint, working with the same vineyards year in and year out uh, from a quality standpoint as well. And um, we make about 10,000 cases if you add up everything. Mm-hmm. Um, about 2,500 cases of that is our red table wine. Um, uh, we make about 2,000 cases of the Conjurer, which we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we make a couple of reserve blends, or, or, I mean, a reserve Cabernet and a reserve blend, which is Cap Franc and Merlot. And our Rhone program, we make um, uh, our main Syrah is called Levitation. And then kind of going back to the rock and roll theme, um, I've got three single vineyard Syrahs that we make. They're all small production. We have a, a, another wine club called For Those Who Love the Rocks. Nice. Love um, it. And we say that because we have a growing district here in Walla Walla called the Rocks District of Milton Freewater. Ah. It's a, uh, basically an area where the Walla Walla River uh, deposited an alluvial fan of basaltic cobbles over the course of hundreds of thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And so the valley is, this particular area is littered with um, uh, anywhere from baseball to football size cobbles of basalt. And um, they make arguably the most distinctive Syrahs in the world. And so if you've ever heard of Cayuse or 
Rhine Band, two wineries that get a, a ton of press. Caius probably has the best track record for, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, highest scoring Syrahs in North America. So we have a 20-acre parcel down there called Stony Vine, and we make a wine called the Psychedelic. Oh, nice. And we have a, a, a good friend of ours owns a vineyard about a mile away in the rocks uh, called the Funk Vineyard, named after his last name. Mm-hmm. So I make a wine called the Funkadelic. And uh, we have a new block up the Walla Walla River um, that uh, the block is called the Ziggy Stardust block. Love it. And That's awesome. We have a new wine that we are literally just releasing in September, and it's called Spiders from Mars. And Ooh, okay. Uh, one of the most um, amazing vineyard sites in North America. It's meter by meter planting uh, anywhere from a 40 to 50 degree slope. So it looks like you know, you're basically walking almost uphill. <laughs> um, and the vineyard is planted in pure fractured basalt, wow. um, hardly any soil whatsoever, and a uh, really, really amazing site. I've got some great pictures on our website uh, of that particular block that you can check out, too. So Okay, perfect. And so I've, um, I mean, you guys are obviously doing something, right? You guys have a lot of 90-plus and the higher 90s point wines that you have um, gotten from, like, Wine Advocate and other... Um, other um, publications. Now, if somebody's new to your winery, what, I guess, what two wines, like what white and what red, would you say that they should buy to try to kind of get familiar oh, with your sure. winery? I mean, the, the Chardonnay we make, we, we also make a, we make a Riesling, uh, small production Riesling that's on the dry side okay. uh, to go along with the Chardonnay. And mm-hmm. those are the two whites that we make. Okay. Um, and so just depending on, you know, I mean, those are very different grapes, right? So Riesling or Chardonnay. Um, uh, we, we, people ask us what style our shard is in and because there's no new oak on it, uh, and it only goes through partial mallow, um, it's got this really bright acidity, you know, we sell them well, if it's, if it's anything, it's more Chablis-like than it is, nice. you know, uh, any, anywhere else. But That's what I like. Doesn't necessarily take, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it, but it's not like it's from Chablis, like you would never say, oh, this wine's definitely from Chablis, mm-hmm. but it's got this nice bright acid and the fruit profile is, is really not beautiful. like an oaky butter and bomb. Then, <laughs> exactly. Very, very opposite. Nothing, awesome. nothing wrong with that. Right. So, but that's just not the style that we, we make. Yeah. Uh, and we make a small production rosé out of Cap Franc as well, oh, which love is it. pretty tasty. But our, our red, uh, you know, if I had to introduce our, our program to anybody, it's probably the Conjurer. Okay. Um, you know, it's a mid, mid-priced Bordeaux blend that I think highlights, um, it's almost all estate fruit for us. It highlights um, all the fantastic fruit qualities that you get uh, out of Washington State, but with, you know, beautiful balance and great integrated tannins and not a ton of new oak on it. It's only about 20, 25% new oak, so it's not this big, huge, oaky uh, red wine. It's really fruit-focused and I think uh, pretty awesome, pretty awesome bottle of wine. Nice. Well, I know what I'll be ordering when I hit up your website. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, and also on your website, I'm noticing your rad um, t-shirts, your rad merchandise. Yeah, so I'm seeing uh, the maiden Walla Walla. We, yeah, we don't we don't have everything uh, everything that we sell in the tasting room. We don't have everything on there. It's hard to keep up with them. So, mm-hmm. uh, but there's some definitely, you know, we take the. We take uh, some of our favorite rock and roll albums and, and put a little wine twist on them. Very cool. And uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, and that's also when we send out our um, uh, sub pop um, samplers when, and with our wine club shipments, 
we'll usually make one of those t-shirts the album cover of the uh of the insert that we put in there so nice very rad so if people want to find you guys online um where do they find you they're going to Google sleight of hand sellers and it goes to s of h sellers.com. Uh huh. So, like sleight of hand, s o f h sellers.com. Uh-huh. We didn't want people to have to actually type in sleight of hand sellers.com when they put it in. So, we tried <laughs> to make it shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, s of h sellers.com. And I've uh, got a great web store in there. And we certainly would love for them to come visit us in either of our tasting rooms if they're ever in Washington State, Seattle, or Walla Walla. Um, if you've never been to Walla Walla, it's one of the most exciting wine regions in North America. Mm-hmm. We've got um, some incredible restaurants. Um, just had a brand new resort open up called Eritage with a beautiful restaurant and um, tin room, uh, luxury luxury hotel rooms uh, just north of town. There's a, a ton of Airbnbs, and it's a great place all the way around. Awesome. Very cool. Um well, I love your guys' tagline, too, or at least what it said on your website. It says, great wine, great music, and lots of fun. That's our recipe for the sleight-of-hand lifestyle. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. I love so it. We have, a, we, have another, we have another saying for our, um, for our uh, punk rock fans. It says, we make punk rock wines for punk rock minds. Oh, that's super <laughs> rad. I love it. Love it. Now... Given the success of the Pearl Jam collaboration and you know your love of music, would you see yourself branching out? I mean, would you want to work with more artists? Is it you know are you keeping it to Pearl Jam? Mm-hmm. Is that something you want to keep doing? You know, well, we for sure want to keep working with Pearl Jam, and, and I've actually uh, pitched a, uh, an early early email out to um, back to my folks over there to you know what can we do to you know do this every year, not just a one-time deal. Nice. Um, you know, we've got between Mark and I, we actually have a very, very good friend in Napa um, who's actually at the show tonight in Chicago, uh, my buddy Jeff Whitman. And Jeff is the, um, he runs a winery called Jam Cellars. Yeah, totally. Ah. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so they're great. another rock and roll, another rock and roll theme kind of a winery. Absolutely. Um, Jeff and I met, met through our love of Pearl Jam years and years ago. And we've, we've been buds ever since. And so um, the three of us have talked about, um, you know, we've got the Underground Wine Project thing that we did with, with the band this time. But we would actually want to start a, a project just dedicated for, because the Underground Wine Project is actually a winery winery. I mean, we make wine and we sell wine. And outside of Pearl Jam, it's just a collaboration between Mark and I. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would start a completely separate project that um, that would just be sort of set up to, Kind of continue the success of what we started. Uh, keep the Pearl Jam fans that love wine engaged. We know that it's a pretty big community. We figure you know Pearl Jam fans are anywhere from. I'm not. I'm. I'm going to generalize here because <laughs> uh, I know that this this range is you know much wider than that. But you know I'm forty. I'm forty eight, almost forty nine, and uh, I figure I'm right in the demographics of where you know the older Pearl Jam fans are <laughs> and um, you know you figure by this time they probably do love wine and um, you know they've settled in and maybe have some disposable income and want to you know start up you know join a new wine club and so why not start a new wine club with you know some awesome wineries and yeah that is going to funnel right back into their favorite band and so we've got a bunch of ideas and and we, we hope that we can we can push them forward 
um, and uh, see where that takes us. Love it. Well, we're definitely excited to hear about that. And, you know, if, if any of that comes to fruition and you want to talk about it, we're, we're here to, to do another show with you. <laughs> That's awesome. I'd be happy to do it. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, Jam Sellers, they're super rad in Napa. I think they're going to have the Struts soon, so that's a really fun up-and-coming band. Oh, right on. Yeah, you know, they uh, they, they sponsor uh, Bottle Rock every year. And, yeah, that's right. And um, I've gone down, it's three years ago, I went down to Bottle Rock. Uh, Death Cap for Cutie and a few other bands were down there and had a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got their jam tent, and all the artists kind of go rock out in the tent, and they've got those late-night things at the tasting room. So That's right. Um, and they have really, the Rosé. Really, really, <laughs> yes, right. and lots of froze. Lots of froze. People loved the froze oh. this year. <laughs> I I know. Well, rosés are hot. Why not? So. That's true. Yeah, I was in line, so <laughs> no, I was one of those many yeah, people. Have, the underground underground makes a uh, rosé called Why My Mr. Pink. Oh, and, nice. Um, uh, one of you know, of course, a little tagline for one of our favorite. Uh, favorite quotes of course but um we thought that'd be a great name for a rosé so we have a rosé called why am i mr pink awesome. and we've got a frozen rosé program at a couple of restaurants in seattle so really how cool yeah 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 it's great very nice well um well thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us it's been a pleasure it's been my pleasure i appreciate you guys reaching out to me and let me let me uh, talk about the wines and talk about the pearl jam project it's been a, it's been a blast yeah, super exciting. Well, definitely next time I'm in Seattle, I will come and visit you guys and pick a record to play yeah. on the... <laughs> uh, you can play, play, play whatever you want. You can sort of frame your own tasting experience. Make sure you have a great time. I love it. Love it. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much. Thank you so much, you guys. Yeah, thank you. Cheers.